This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Rich, Richie from uh, Post America Podcast, and we're back. Last episode was a fun one, a lot of feedback. Glad people liked it, and this one is very special because it's an old friend I haven't seen in a long-ass time. We got Aaron Butkus from Death Threat. What's up, Aaron? What's up, my man? Good to hear your voice, brother. I know. It's been forever, and... Uh, yeah. You know, like, you know, you how we used to see each other, shows and whatnot, that doesn't exist anymore, so we don't know. Yeah, yeah you know, movie. it was like... We were good a couple of times a year. We knew we were going to see each other for sure, you know? Yeah, now forget it's a wrap. They pulled it out from under us, so we're hung out high and dry, and uh, we make things work other ways. But uh, listen, first thing right off the bat. Yeah, talk to me. My girl just got me an uni pizza oven for my birthday a while ago. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard of that? I've been, I've been shopping one myself, man. Okay, listen. <laughs> I'm waiting Pe for that Biden money. Let's go. People that don't know, Aaron is an expert pizza maker. I had his pizzas from when he worked at Roberta's in Brooklyn. I had his pizza right in, uh, right across from Macy's one time. He set up a shop. He had about there. He worked in California slanging pizzas. Aaron, my problem is I could barely even make the dough into a circle. Okay. Like, what All the right. hell am I doing wrong? Well, I mean, you know, dough's tough. Um, it has a lot of stretch to it. Um, it, it, it depends on how... The dough is resting, growing, um, warming to room temperature and things like that. So maybe if you tell me a little bit about your process, I could probably yeah. see. It was, like it what... was basically stored. Well, I, I buy the dough okay. from a pizzeria. Oh, okay. All right. And then so I leave that's, it that's out. a good start. Yeah. yeah I, I leave it out. And then uh, the flavor is there when I cook it. But the, yeah. the shaping it is killing me. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, that the best way to describe it, if you, so if you're, see, I didn't know if you were making it from scratch, but if you're buying it from the place, it's coming to you around, right? When they give it to you, they've already yeah. rolled it. Yeah. So you want to let that set, kind of get room temperature, get it warm. And then honestly, the best way to do it is I, I start in the middle and I kind of have one hand on top of the other, I start pressing it out and you start pressing towards the crust and you go around clockwise, depending on how you do things, you might go counterclockwise. You know what I mean? But I do that. And that kind of like, and, you know, I'll be honest, uh, just, just jumping on YouTube and watching a couple of videos will uh, give you a visual on this. But, yeah, it's just about that kind of slowly starting in the middle and you're pressing, pressing, pressing. And you start to form that circle as you go around and you start to push mm. out the dough, which is pushing out the air, you know, which, which makes it so you don't have all these crazy bubbles and stuff. Um, so it's, it's a process. Never use a rolling pin. Is that true? Uh, you know, I, I don't know that that's so true. Um, oh. You know, one, there, there's a guy in New York who, who's one of the better pizza makers, and he's known for <laughs> taking a bottle of wine and rolling out his crust super thin. Um, and it, mm. I'll tell you what, man, I, I haven't had it. I've, I've seen it, and I know people, like, swear by it. Um, and I don't want to say his name because I don't want to get it wrong because, you know, I feel bad. But, uh, but yeah, he does it with a bottle. So, you know, I think when it, when it comes to stuff that the rules are what they are, and, you know, but you don't have to follow that. Take out a pin. If, if it works, you just move that dough. Just keep moving it so it stays round and use a pin. Really, what you want to do is you want to flatten that dough and you want to get the air bubbles out, whether it's your hands or a rolling pin. 
I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna matter. Um, you know what? Some, this is where some this is where I may be going wrong right here. Yeah, I buy the one dough, but I can mm -hmm. make four pies out of that one dough. So I, I oh, kind of so it's real it. big. Yeah, okay. it's like it's like a normal pizzeria pizza size dough, but I got the okay. little oven. I got like the fourteen inch uh, oven. Okay, so, so here I we think go. when I four cut it into four. After I cut it and it's got like a pie shape to it, like a pyramid shape in each of the the fourth. That's I can't yeah. get that turned into a round thing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So here's the deal. So um where you're getting it at a local pizzeria. Yeah, Are you asking them for a, for a small dough or a big dough? No, I just say give me one dough, four bucks. All right. All right. What you want to do, maybe ask them. And these guys don't care if you're making pizza at home. They get it. You know what I mean? That's why nah, they'll they sell you so. one. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know what I mean? They know yeah. you're always going to be there when you're going to be there. And if you want to make pizza at home, you know, God bless. <laughs> so yeah. they don't, guys don't really care. So I would even tell them like, hey, man, I got a little pizza oven. And, uh, but I'm having trouble making it. You guys do a small dough that I can buy from you guys so I can make pizza at home. And um, that's what you want. You want something that's going to be a lot smaller so you don't have to cut it. Once you cut it into a triangle, depending on the, the consistency of that dough, you're going to have to reball it. You know what I mean? Which I could do. Um, but if you're not used to doing that, that's going to be as tough as getting it round flat again, getting it round. Does that make sense? Yes. That's what yeah, I felt so, like it was. I felt like if I just made this original dough, this one piece into a pizza, it would stay in yeah. a circle. But once I cut it, no matter how I work it, I can't yeah. get it. You know, and yo, the flavor's there though, bro. The flavor's like, there. So so this oh. is like the this is the pizzeria that you like. That's the dough that you're using. I actually use, yeah, I use three different okay. places. There's a grocery cool. store, a shop right that makes pizza dough. I got it, and that was really good. Okay. And there's Benny's and the Tony's. I bought dough mm -hmm. from both of them. They're both good. I didn't want to okay. make it myself because who am I to make dough? Like now I'm getting crazy. You know what I mean? That's let it, me it, it's a little it's a little lane. bit of a process but even yeah. me even myself as a pizza maker dude like years ago i would just go i would bring dough home you know what i mean i'd be like i just make it at home on a pizza stone you know yeah um yeah there's nothing wrong with that and it's the type of thing where if you really end up liking it and loving it you might get to the point where you're like hey i want to learn the whole process you know I, I know all this now i know how to cook them good i know how to do the toppings i know how to portion stuff you know and like get that even melt and the, the, the sauce and everything you know um, it's fun, man. I, I love it. I, I miss, I miss having my hands on pizza. Um, so, so what I was going to say real quick is what you want to do, you want to find a joint that just does a small pie. That's maybe like a 10 or 12 inch pie. That's what that size dough. If they have a pie that's 10 or 12 inches, ask them for that. That's what unis are built for. They're built for a small Neapolitan pizza, like the ones you had that I made in New York, Yes, a little 10 to 12 incher. Now you don't have to do shit with that. Then you can press that out and you can do what I'm talking about going clockwise you can look online the more that dough sits and kind of loosens up the easier the more pliable it gets now you don't want to go too far either you know what i mean so there's a you got to find that happy medium but you're on the right track and that that's what i would do man go to tony's or, or whatever place and be like hey uh can i get do you have a small or just look at their menu ahead of time and just go and be like hey, can i get two small doughs boom and, and and that's it you're it's on yeah i didn't even think of that that's 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 what it is you know yeah so how, so, so how up, do you I can't work it like, yeah that's it my man just get get that small dough um it's probably uh i don't want to say the weight on it but it, it it's light it's a small dough is going to be yeah maybe maybe eight to 12 ounces. You know what I mean? It's not much. It's, it's not heavy. Um, so how do you like to cook on that? Now that thing can crank, right? It gets up over, it's, it claims to be over 900 degrees, like 923 or something like that. Yeah. You know, early on I was really screwing up and I was like, I was starting it up. I was firing it up and the flames are in, it's hot as fuck, but I never let the stone get hot enough. 
Okay. You know what I'm yep, saying? That, yeah. So, so I was going in there and the top was like burning up and the bottom was still like raw. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's dude, it's happened, it's happened to everybody. Like that's that's the first thing you learn in pizza, you know, is that bottom. It's it's like do you ever make pancakes at home or like Yes. When when you see it bubbling, that's when you know the, the other side is cooked. And the, yes. the, the same the same goes with pizza. Once you saw see that sauce moving and you see those tops, the toppings moving, mm -hmm. you know, the sauce, the cheese melting, bubbling, that's when you know it's cooking on the bottom too. So yeah, getting that stone set to the right temp is the key to cooking. Um, it's much like searing meat. You know, if you if you throw a meat on the on the grill, it's gotta be hot first. You don't wanna slow cook it. So it's the exact same uh, mentality on that. Um, but it's cool, man. You know, it's trial and error, and it's it's good to uh, learn these things yourself. Uh, you'll never forget them. You know what I mean? That that that's that's how I grew up cooking, and, and everything that I did that I learned, you know, was was trial and error. So, yeah. um, we, we we have pizza hangs in the future then, because uh, next time yeah. I come there, we'll just we'll make pizza, and, and I'll come and make dough, and, uh, and and we'll make some we'll make some you know we'll have some fun. Yeah, I want to know the tricks. When I got yeah. this, I got it in November, and it was already kind of cold, so I was. I was, I make these in the garage, but I leave the garage, the, the big front door open and the back door open. Cause that sucker smokes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm in there. I'm freezing my ass off. And early on, I'm like destroying every pizza, not making one. They're stuck to the, to the, to, to, I was getting so mad. I was throwing stuff oh. in the garage, <laughs> but now I'm <laughs> getting to my world. Yeah. I'm getting the flavor. I'm just not getting the look. It's kind of looks a little shoddy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. It kind of looks like yeah, an Arab yeah. like a, a, a Arabic pizza, like would be in a cave, but it like, it kind of looks good. <laughs> it's like, like real, like homemade ish, but that, wait, that's what, thing. that's what we call a, a rustica. That's a rustica pizza. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. tastes great, but it looks, you know, it looks like when we would have, you know, cause like Neapolitan pizza places, they strive to have the perfectly round pizza. So we do, we'd have ones that would be oblong. We'd call them like the gondola, like, Oh, it's just a Venice. It's a gondola, you know? <laughs> and we'd be like, Oh, rustica, you know, artisanal. So it, you know, at the end of the day, when you're making it in a home, you just want it to taste good and you want that cook, you know, that real good cook on it. And it's nice to be able to control it and make that pizza the way you want it. Cause I know you're, I, we've talked, we've had many, many conversations about pizza. Um, and, uh, and I know how much you love it. So it's kind of cool to, to make it for yourself huh? and like get it really fresh out of the oven. It is cool. But I was very frustrated early on, but, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I love having the pros. I love when you make it my homie Nino, when he mm -hmm. makes it or going to like certain places and yeah. And you, I know you're, uh, were you always like, were you born in Connecticut? Yeah, yeah, I was born in Connecticut. Um, yeah, yep. Um, and the, in, the, uh, the reputation for pizza in Connecticut is like high level. You know, it is, you know, yeah. But it's that certain style of pizza, and yeah. is is that your preference or no? That's that Connecticut style of like the uh, the Sallys and and those places. Well, you know, so I mean, you know that that's what I grew up on. But but I also grew up on which uh, I think a lot of places have is like good Greek pizza, uh, like pizza houses and stuff. They're mm. kind of like your more traditional, like uh, uh, I, I want to say. Do you guys have Greek pizza in Pennsylvania? Or is it more of a yeah, but more way more rare. Okay, it's like, more you rare. Know, it's more like yeah, a so New York style looking pizzas are the predominant. Unless you go to Northeast PA, then they get like the tray pizzas up there a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was kind of investigating up there. All those uh, the cuts and stuff. Weird, um, right? It's kind of weird. It, it's weird and it's kind of awesome. Like it's this whole. I, I I refer to it as a Pennsylvania Sicilian. Like when I went to like uh, yeah, the Wilkes Bear, mm -hmm. it's it's got that crust like a Sicilian, but it's then it has this onion sauce and like. The slices, it's just, yeah, I, I really think it's amazing. <laughs> and a lot of very sweet sauces up there. 
lot. Yeah, that's the one Chris and I did Angelo's um, and and we did the sweet sauce. We got a Hawaiian with sweet sauce. And uh, yeah, it was pretty wild, man. It was really good, though. I like it. I'm like, man, I just, you know, I wanted more of a cook on it. I like my pizza extra crispy. Me too. Me too. I like so it well that's, done. that's the one thing. And I didn't even think to ask it. I should have just been like, when we ordered them, I should have been like, give me one well done. But I kind of, I also like just going in and seeing how they make it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was doing it. I was kind of doing it for this, this, this like variety show thing that I was working on to do about hardcore pizza. So, um, so it worked out, you know, good, but, uh, I got off track on the pizza. I could talk pizza all day, Richie. <laughs> yeah. That's why, you know, we wanted um, you on pizza. Music, oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I know. Right. Um, oh yeah. So I was talking like Connecticut. So like Greek pizza was a thing here, which they cut them into squares. The mm -hmm. crust is a little different sauce is a little sweeter. Um, so we had a lot of that, which I liked, but in Connecticut, we had like in central Connecticut, there's like a Hartford style pizza, which is like a mix of like probably new haven in new york it's a very thin thin style pizza definitely falls in the line of like a really good new york slice and then you have new haven and new haven for the people that know it and have, have you have you tried stuff out have you had peppies or sally's have you yes legendary. you have okay yes. good i had a feeling you must have at some point yeah. um so they're really good and, and you know part of, part of it for me is the char i like the extra crisp i like the crunch i like the chewiness of that dough where it's a little it's still a little thick you know <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. paper thin so I do like it. It holds toppings well. Like my old man's favorite pie was uh, when we went there was a pepperoni and sausage. And they do like big cuts of sausage. And the pepperoni is kind of chunky too. It's nothing is like thin slice. It's, it's very rustic, you know. Um, so, but it would hold it good. It, you never see a peppy slice flop. You know what I mean? Really? Because that crust is, is yeah. so, so well done. So, in, and part of that is the, the ovens. That's the, that's the huge part of that. They're really that's old, their, right? Is that the they're thing? They're really old. They're really seasoned. They're the, they're the cold version of a wood fire where you get that extreme hot heat. You get the deck is just, you can get the deck so hot, the dome so hot, you know, hotter than, than I would say um, a wood fire and you can mm. cook bigger pizzas. That's why they do the big sheet pan pizzas at Pepe's. You can get an extra large. It doesn't have to be a 12 inch that cooks in 90 seconds or less, you know, which I like too. I mean, obviously, you know, you've had that pizza that I made in New York. And I like that too. But at the end of the day, yeah, Connecticut, um, New Haven style pizza is, 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 yeah, it's definitely my favorite. Yeah. That's, that's, it's so good. And, uh, you know, Armand from sick of it all, that's his like favorite shit is, Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's he's cool. Man. Constantly. will go. And there's another, uh, Peppy's now, I think more close yeah. to like New York. There's one in Yonkers. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he goes there a lot. But, um, the thing is I'll put up a picture of a, of a, of a new Haven style and you know, it's burnt looking, you know, but we yeah. know it's supposed to be. And I got these white trash dudes commenting. Oh, it looks burnt. They didn't even understand. Like they don't, it's, yeah, it's, you it's know, embarrassing. We, it's not burnt. You idiots. But a lot of people <laughs> like doughy pizza and Northeast do. PA is doughy pizza. That's doughy. why I'm not the biggest fan. But yeah. There's something to it. It's different enough, but it's just, it's not my style. Another weird thing they do in Northeast PA is they sell cold slices on the counter of like, like gas stations. Oh, wow. I wrapped haven't seen in that. saran wrap. Yeah. Okay. It'll be like the, the local <laughs> pizza place would be like, sell them. They say three trays and they chop them up 12 pieces, single saran wrap. And they sell them like their dollar or 50 cents just sitting on the, wow. on the counter. It's kind of like old world, you know, <laughs> it is those people, you know, there's a lot of inbreeding up there and they kind of don't change, but <laughs> <laughs> we know big carl we love big carl come on i love know. carl love carl um, but yeah listen. we tried to, we tried to do nardozos but they were closed so yeah they, they got names yeah. up there it's, it's their own thing and that's i do love that like i was yeah. i was going to chicago a lot the last couple of years i didn't mm -hmm. really get into their chicago style except for one place called pequod's 
Oh, dude, that's the joint, man. What did yeah. you have? The uh, the traditional deep dish, or did you get yeah. the bar pizza, the thin one? I I always went with their traditional deep dish. Yeah, because it's really I good, dude. That's their yeah. That's what they're known for. That was my favorite of the Chicago styles. I had yeah. Illuminati's and a mm -hmm. few other joints, but that was the one yeah. I liked. Yeah, no, that's that's the spot, man. That's it's a really cool joint, and um, I like both. I I love a good Midwestern like bar pizza, the thin crust, um, where the toppings come out to the edge and they cut them. I think sometimes in the squares also. Um, but yeah, deep dish all day. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce. Is it Pequots? Pequots, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's basically Pequots, a bar. Yeah. 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 We waited. Um, I, I did a little, I went out there to, to source some equipment. Um, cause you know, at, at zoom, we were doing all that robotic stuff. So I'm out there and the Midwest is known for, you know, all their equipment for making sausage, for making dough, for making bacon, you know, baking mm. stuff, everything. It's big mass production stuff. So we're out there, uh, checking out different companies around Illinois that had, uh, like dough cutters. So we could like, you know, export expedite thousands of dough balls and all this stuff oh, but we cool. did the yeah me and my the, my me and the, the, my tech boss we uh we had all the pizzerias we did all the all the old school places we tried some new places and we really did a deep dive on uh on chicago pizza and it was fun my stomach was fucking killing me by the end of it <laughs> and my a, gut can handle it life. but man uh <laughs> i beat the hell out of myself that weekend <laughs> you know there's Just a pizza there's a place in chicago that has uh it reminded me of roberta's their pizza it was called I think it's pronounced Spacca. It's S P A C C A, and wow, those yeah, yeah, it, it's a really good place. It's well known up there, but not Chicago style at all. Or what yeah. do you call those, that style? The uh, Mark uh, the, Neapolitan. Uh, it's, yeah, Neapolitan, Napolitano, yeah. Um, wood fire. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I do, I love it, and, and you know, Roberta's was the king of it. They really, they, they really helped. Uh, make it cool like make it something better you know and more accessible and like a lot of people slept on it they didn't really know you know um but a it lot is, of people didn't know it was there it was such a secluded secret kind of the, exactly. the coolness about it as a customer was like you felt like oh nobody this is my spot nobody knows. <laughs> yep uh, like from exactly. the outside you thought it was like a junkyard like oh you know. yeah 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 because it used to be a, it used to be a tire a tire junkyard pretty much it was a junkyard <laughs> yeah it's you fun. go yeah, you go so. through that door and you're like where you where, where the fuck oh, are you going yeah. and you're like oh yeah. shit it was great, man. That was so cool because I, I lived close to that neighborhood. I worked in that neighborhood, and, and there was stuff going on at the morgue, and there was stuff going on everywhere in New York. But I always could be like, "Oh, I'm working," but you know, if you're in the neighborhood, stop by. And usually, by the time I was done, I could meet him in the bar or in the neighborhood and get food. And you know, it was really, was it was really fun. What was that? That was um. So that's, I mean, that's. It's it's uh Bushwick. It, I think it's considered Bushwick. Yeah, and okay. it's the Morgan. Yeah, it's the Morgan stop. Yeah, it's Bushwick. Um and. Uh, yeah, that was uh, great times there, I man. It's, it's so many random people and bands, you know, coming through. Not random people, like people we know, you know, like Angel Dust played there one night, you know, and I saw Justice and, and a bunch of people. And like, there was always people hanging out in that neighborhood, um, whether it was for food or for shows or just to go out and do stuff, you know? Yeah, very cool neighborhood. All those yeah. price, prices now are like through the roof. Though. Oh, God, dude, it's oh. insane. I, I, don't, I don't miss chasing my tail in New York or anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, that's wild. Yeah. But uh, and now everybody knows you're a pizza lover. I don't know if a lot of people even realize you were you were a pizza maker. But uh, yeah, I guess you know some people. You know, I guess through Instagram, maybe people that were following me might have seen you know different stages of of me making some pizza over the last few years and stuff. You know, um, but yeah, some people wouldn't know. You know, but yeah, no, I I I, I live and breathe it. My grandmother used to say I'd uh, when I would bleed marinara and sweat olive oil. You know. Oh shit! I like that. <laughs> That is funny. Me, rest in peace. She's smiling down on me. Good, good. And, yeah. And, and let's let's take it back to the music route in Connecticut. Yeah, you told sure. me earlier you were born in Connecticut. 
Like mm-hmm. what, how, what is the gateway for a young Connecticut kid? Cause Connecticut now is like synonymous with hardcore, especially nineties yeah. hardcore. So relevant, so important Yeah, because of death threat, because of hate breed, because of th- bands from that batch that, you know, to this day still going and still, yeah. still important. Like what was, what was the opening gate to get you into that stuff in that area? Well, so for me, um, you know, it, it started before I was able to attend shows. Um, I was raised as Jehovah's Witness, which you know, a lot of people don't know. Um, and, and I did it till I was 18. Uh, and on my 18th birthday, I went to my first show because I knew when I was 18, I could do what I you know, wanted to do. And, and that was that. And, um, but before that, I, I got into skateboarding when I was about 15 years old. Um, it was around, uh, well, actually 14. It was like 85. And I started reading Thrasher and watching the skate videos, you know, um, which started and I was very drawn because I was raised as Jehovah's Witness and everything was bad. I was drawn to everything that was dark or like, you know, cool or like, you know, all the imagery from from uh, skateboarding, you know, and then the music was just like, whoa, like, what is this? You know, and you'd hear Black Flag and like all this different stuff. And, and um, it was basically considered off limits, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so I really was like, whoa, this is awesome. And now my cousin at the time was a little older than me and she was already going to shows at the anthrax in connecticut she was a skinhead girl um she went from being like a new wave punk girl to a skinhead girl and hardcore girl and like we were close you know i mean we skated together so she and her boyfriend and their friends kind of took me under their wing at a young age long before i could go to shows you know so i actually met people like i met pete morrissey like when i was like 16 17 hanging out with my cousin and their friends before wow. I even went to shows, you know what I mean? So it was kind of cool when I, when I went, I didn't know him real well, but it, it was like, Oh, that, you know, I met this guy and it, it was like, it was, it felt part of my world because my cousin was so deeply rooted in it, you know, and she was hanging out with all these people and in all these bands in Connecticut and was really involved in it, you know? So, you know, from 15 to 18 was me just listening to tapes, you know, her and Jay would, they got me into oi that's why i like i was never a skinhead but i love oi you know i was into the upstarts the same time i was getting into af and like everything else you know so it was it was a heavy influence for me from the right people um they were really showing me the ropes so so yeah so in that time i kept skating kept you know i'd try to be a little punk and be a little hardcore and like you know wear this or that but i couldn't really express myself because of the religion and my 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 um you know the way i was raised or whatever so yeah when i was 18 that was it man i was like let's go and i went to a show my friend Ken Jambard, who was also an ex-Jehovah's Witness, um, who was heavily into hardcore and very involved in it with bands and stuff, brought me. So I just, you know, started meeting people and I met like Big Mistake and all these other skater kids and a lot of like young people. And I was like, oh man, this is amazing. And I felt outcast my whole life because of religion, you know, like from day one at school, they stood up for the flag. I sat down. I was outcast. That's got to be a birthday. I walk out. You're having your birthday. I can't beat it. I go to the principal's office. I'm outcast, you know? So I never felt like I fit in everywhere. Religion, I didn't like it. I did it because my, you know, I, I was, I was raised in it, you know, and, and I didn't have the choice to leave it. So, and, and, um, so yeah, so I was ready to go, man. 18, I was ready, like, let's go. And that was it. So I went to a show in the populist pudding up in uh, North, uh, Northeast Connecticut and, and Willimantic, um, close to Rhode Island. And it was a uh, forced reality Pete's band, um, Big gulp, big mistake, anal fist. It was like a big show. I remember the date because it's my birthday. It was August 19th, 1989. And Ken took me. It was like a Sunday afternoon. And we went and I was like, oh my God, like I had only seen it in zines. You know, there was no, there was no way to watch it on TV or anything. So I saw it in zines. I heard stories from Jay and Noel. 
and 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 all the the, the kind of Hartford area, like punks and skins and hardcore kids, and and I was finally part of it, and that was it, man. I never never looked back, you know. Jumped right in, and uh, it was a great place to be, you know. Smack dab, you know. It took a while before I was going to New York shows, um, but uh, but as a young kid in New England, it was it was normal to go to shows in Springfield. Um, it was normal to trek out to Boston. Became like a, a second place in the early '90s, especially um, for us to go uh, Rhode Island, um, and then later on New York, New Jersey, PA. You know, when I started doing the band more around that time, um, so. That's dope. Like, uh, yeah, it, it kind of seems like a split in Connecticut. Some, uh, some of the kids would be, you know, kind of gravitate towards New York just out of convenience, and then other parts of Connecticut would head up to Boston as like the, the heart. So you were kind of in more of the like uh, a northern area or something. Yeah. So I mean, for me, um, yeah, it was just it was so much. It was just a little bit closer. Of course, later on, and 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 Boston was less intimidating in the sense of like a way to get around it and drive around it. Um, New York's like very like, whoa, you know, so I remember taking trains down there later on and being like, oh, okay, this is the way to go. Cause I, I couldn't even imagine trying to deal with the traffic, which now it's nothing to drive in New York. But when I was younger, it felt like yeah. a big feat, you know? So we were like, yo, let's go to Boston. Let's go to Providence. And the way the tours worked back then, like one of my first big weekends where me and my friends went out, it was like, I had the flyer somewhere. It was like wrecking crew burn sick of it all. And agnostic front. It was like wow. an insane lineup. I think it was like, Maybe uh, it was somebody's five or 10 year anniversary, like one of the old bands, like Chromags or somebody, because um, this was like in uh, 90, 91, I think. But um, anyway, so that hit, that hit the channel in Boston on Friday night. That hit, um, let's see, then I think Lupo's in, or no, not Lupo's, Club Babyhead in Rhode Island the next night. And then it was at Katina's out by Springfield in Western Mass and Hadley Mass on that Sunday. So all that stuff was just a two hours or less for me. So we just did the whole weekend. We'd go, we'd come home the next day and the next day we'd regroup. All right, we're going to Rhode Island. Let's go get in two cars. We take back roads through Connecticut all the way out into Rhode Island. We go to shows and uh, it was great, man. We started seeing like, Oh dude, I saw that dude at that show in Connecticut. You know, like you started seeing like, you're not the only maniac worlds, traveling around. Yeah. These, yeah. These worlds connecting, you know? And, 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 and that's where it began. Like when you're on the dance floor, you look over and be like, what's up. You'd give that dude like, yeah, I've seen you. You know what I mean? Like it, it became like such a thing that we were part of. And it was, it was like, Oh, the Connecticut dudes are all oh, those are those Rhode Island dudes. You know, it was cool, man. It was like, I, I hang on to those, those feelings of those days of like when everything was like, and it still is exciting to me, but everything was fresh and exciting and like, what are, what's people wearing? What are we listening? You know, it's like, what's going on. It was, it was amazing, man. I, I, I honestly feel really blessed to, to be a part of that scene, be a part of the scene for so long, you know? Yeah. And it was cool. Cause you, you, when you would go to a different area, I remember, you know, you'd notice that the, uh, the kids in the scene would dress just a little different in some places. Yep. They talk like a little different. They'd have their own little slang and you'd be like, Oh, mm -hmm. dudes from here got flavor. These other dudes over here, they're like all meatheads and shit. And yeah. Yeah. And it was cool because then, you know, you, people start mixing and, and, and all of that. Yeah. It was a very cool scene, but like once you started hitting shows, was it a problem with your family as far as the religion? Were they upset with you? No. So, you know, my mom, my mom was pretty hardcore with the religion, but she knew they knew that, you know, they couldn't really do anything. My dad never, he never was a Jehovah's witness. He, he did it to keep the peace. And, you know, he kind of came and went from it. Um, it was more just to keep my mom happy, you know, which is fine, you know, mm, okay. um, but so he was never like full in on it, but was just trying to be good about it. So, but he was our escape, you know, we could get it and out of it, but no, you know, I mean, 
I didn't tell him everything I was doing. I just, you know, at that time I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to my boy Will's for the weekend. He would pick me up and we go to shows and I'd be back on Monday or whatever. They, they weren't, they, you know, they were still making sure I was okay, but they knew there was only so much they could do. And I just had to like start doing it and I was working and eventually I had a car, you know what I mean? So it was just like, we were already like from like 16, when I got a car in six, when I was 16, like we were already taking the car. I was, I, I bought a car young and like, just started like driving everywhere. You know, I got a, a beater and we just go skating everywhere. So <laughs> I was able to just kind of like be like, yo, I'm going to Willis. I'm going to Brad's or I'm going to my cousin Casey's, you know, because it, everybody I was hanging with was going to shows long before, you know, so it was perfect, you know, so I didn't have to, didn't have to really lie, but I didn't have to be really honest. And, um, I wasn't getting in a ton of trouble. You know I mean? I, I got busted doing graffiti a couple of times and that was about it. There was no major things, you know what I mean? So, uh, they weren't like, freaking out over me and i was only smoking weed when they caught that it was like i was on my way again out of the house anyways it was, it was by the time i was 19 or whatever you know so Didn't i was like, like coming stuff, and going. Right? no and you know my father you know it was because my father had a lot of a lot of drug problems um you know his through his life he was functional but he you know struggled with heroin so it, it had a huge effect on my family and, and you know and i and i it's dumb that i ever started doing drugs because all the signs were there um, but, uh, but it had a reverse effect and I was very interested in it. And, um, yeah, so that, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, well, I always knew like, uh, cause, of, cause of some local dudes here, including our singer, Joe, uh, and bass player, Evan, they were raised in that religion. So I, I used to, I'm, I'm like real interested in religion. So I talked yeah. to those guys about it and I would hear the terms and then I research and then when mm -hmm. I would read death threat lyrics, I would see those familiar terms and stuff. Yeah, little know. catchphrases. Yes, yes. Like the, even just the, the title, Peace and Security. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that was kind of like a big one amongst the Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this dude is in that mix, too. And, and, <laughs> and it was, It's it was, pretty crazy. Yeah, but I think the, the people here, the families here were a little more hard on those guys. They didn't, there seemed to be no room for any understanding of uh, them being, like, if they were involved with music, then they were shunned from their family it seems yeah yeah you know, definitely was, i mean i think you know i think by the time i got out of the house you know i was able to do more but yeah i mean there, there was it was very controlling the, the religion in general is very controlling you know they, they want you to live a certain way and everything is a sin you know what i mean it's very um so it, it's it's very strict and i mean i mean even remember it you know tobin will tell you know my cousins will tell you her parents were strict about it too and and my my mom was too and it's it, it's kind of the way the, the the religion forms them you know what i mean i think um in a way where it's like you know we have to like make it to this paradise earth which is so ridiculous you know um that that's the the end game for that religion um yeah, that we're gonna live say, forever like, throughout your life like some of the hardest times of your life did you ever think of going back into the religion like maybe that that could save me or was it never I, even? No, I could, I could say wholeheartedly and honestly, I, I, I never thought it. I never would. Um, I will say this in my early 20s, um, before I had any real problems, when I thought I had, you know, I, I was dealing with some stuff and whatever, um, I would still pray, you know, but I would let it go a long time. And I, I feel like so guilty because I, I really, you know, 14 years of that from when I was four to 18, um, even though the, the last few years I was like not wanting to be a part of it, I still had been brainwashed to to think a certain way and, and fear the end and, 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 you know, think that we're living in the last days, like all that stuff that I wrote, um, Another you know, term, that's the last days, last days. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's <laughs> what, that was the inspiration for it. And that's why, you know, I love the, 
the, the, the few bands that we, you know, people were talking about like that kind of like issues and topics, you know, and that that's, that's my belief system or was, you know, um, I no longer, you know, believe that, but yeah. So I, I had my times where like, you know, I'd, I'd pray and, and, you know, I'm sorry, I haven't prayed in so long and all this stuff. And I'd, I'd pray for help. And, but I never, never once, um, even at my lowest, um, I, when I hit my lowest a few years ago, when I, when I, before, right before I got sober and, and I had a health major health scare, I talked to my, my angels, my guardian angels, my, the, the, the religion I believe in. Like I talked to my dad and Boulder, my friends, you know what I mean? It was like, please help me. Like, don't get me out of this, you know? Um, and, and I think that's what, that's what saves me, you know? Um, but it's strange, Richie. I, I know people that, you know, and, and some of the people that I'm talking about that got me into hardcore um, and stuff that lived that for a long time that went back to it and they found it. And I guess, you know, I guess it works for some people and I don't hold that against them. Um, I just think it's really strange because I think that religion is really fucked up. Yeah, that's why I asked because I've I've seen a couple of yeah, times. and I, it's you know it's like a fear you know, and and I think that 100%. religion is pretty good at scaring the shit out. Of oh, people. it's completely fear based, man. Completely yeah. fear based. And I had got, no reason to be in fear as a child, but that religion taught me fear, and it's horrible. Yeah, and it's they got kind of this setup where. Uh, if you do wrong, like you, they already excluded you from any other That's social it. life. So if, if they pull the, the religious friends and family you you have or made, if they pull those from you, you got nothing. Got you nothing, dude. That's, that's almost the setup they got. That's what, what I noticed. So when these people got like disfellowshipped or, or, or whatever, it was like, wow, they didn't even get a chance to make, you know, the normal civilian friends. So they got nowhere to turn. They know yeah. a couple of people at work and that's it. Like there's nothing godlike about that. You know what I mean? And for people nah, who believe in God, so there's tough. nothing godlike about that. That's not something that God would do. Like turn the back on somebody when they're like, you know, at their worst or, or you're putting them there in their worst. You know what I mean? Oh you're, yeah. You're, they actually put them in, into the worst. It's you know like, what I mean? Yeah. By doing that. So, yeah. so check it. So my father, who is not a baptized Jehovah's witness, they tried to disfellowship him because oh that's you, I, that, I, this you? was when I was in my early teens. No, they can't. And and uh, but they did. <laughs> they announced it and everything. And some of his, you know, some of my family stopped talking to him. And uh, it's because he'd had problems with he'd, he'd. I think he'd gone into rehab, or they found out he got out of rehab. He's trying to help himself, you know. And and then, uh, but because it was, you know, such a sin to do, to do drugs. And I mean, yeah, I mean, the guys doing heroin, you know, but still. Um, so they just fellowshipped him and, uh, and I, and actually, no, I don't think anybody in, in, in his immediate family, I don't think anybody on my, on his side of the family or any side of the family said, we're not going to talk to Tommy, you know, but it was a weird strain. And then a few months later, an article came out in like a wake that you can't, that people had been disfellowshipped in some, you know, in some of these, uh, congregations that you can't do that. And, you know, it was like an open, like, you know, open like letter or whatever. Um, so it happened with other people that these people wow. are, you know, um, abusing their power. And for um, those that don't know at home, I, I, this is from what I heard, maybe it's correct me if I'm wrong. When you're disfellowshipped, it's like publicly announced within the church or the kingdom hall to, to the whole group. They kind of say so-and-so. Mm -hmm. So everybody, every head turns and, you know, children sitting next to the parents that may have been fellowshipped. It's kind of like yeah. really embarrassing, isolating, humiliating kind of vibe. Yeah, and you're not allowed to have any, you know, to 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 talk to those people. I've seen people, but they could keep coming back, right? And they could they, they can, can come sit back, in the yeah. back, but nobody then, talks to them. Yeah, they can come. They can. <laughs> it's, it's so insane, dude. It's so insane. So they can come. You can like look at them, but you can't talk to them. It's really, it's like, it's so nuts. It's 
yeah, it's funny because I haven't thought about this in a while. So it's like <laughs> thinking about it and just um, remembering how crazy it was when they disfellowshipped my father and us being like, what the hell is going on here? You know? Yeah. Um, and Joe they make had, it Joe so had a similar story. Shame. Like they did. He did he, yeah. Right in front of everybody. And he didn't know it was coming and his brothers and sisters didn't know it was coming. Yeah. But all of a sudden they announced his name and they, now he told the, he told this story on here, but they, they announced okay. two names of people that were going to be disfellowshipped and it was devastating to their family. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. What happened? Like, and right then no more friends keep mm -hmm. coming, keep coming yeah. and keep working, but yeah, we're not showing you no love. Like, well, and then there's the, the other side is you can, you can disassociate yourself. So my mom disassociated herself. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that. What I did, I'm, 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 if like on the books, I'm still a Jehovah's witness. If they keep records of people that were baptized in church in, in different congregations, because I never was disfellowshipped. I never let them and I never disassociated myself. So I'm inactive, which means my grandmother never stopped talking to me. My other grandmother chose to, she felt strongly enough for a little bit, but then like would write to me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and we'd stayed in touch and that was fine. You know what I mean? But at first, you know, some people didn't talk and, but, but yeah, most people, even friends just said, well, okay, you know, we'll be around you, you know? And so if I'd see people out, they'd be like, Hey, Aaron, how's it going? I could see like, you know, brothers and sisters from church. And cause I was, I was already working in the food industry then. And the place I worked in Canton, Connecticut, everybody from the Canton congregation came there. I worked at Baja cafe making burritos and tacos. So I saw people all the time. So they didn't, you know, they just knew they're just like Aaron stopped going to meetings and never came back. You know what I mean? They didn't yeah. know anything about me. I mean, yeah, I had a few tattoos and I looked like a little different or whatever, but I still was nice. I was still Aaron. Hey, how's it going? I remembered who everybody was. And so it wasn't too awkward. So, you know, there's choices you can do. This is what I did. I got, I got caught. Somebody saw me smoking a cigarette in my car, driving through the McDonald's drive through <laughs> and, 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 and like reported it to the elders. That's how stupid it is. So the elders, Niche -based, are like, yeah, seriously. And, uh, so I get calls in my house like, Hey, it's brother so-and-so. And, um, you know, we have to talk to you, sister so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, I was smoking <laughs> like straight yeah. up. They're like, well, we want to get together. I was like, nah, guys, I'm busy. And, uh, they kept trying to come to the house. So I'd pull in, I'd see in the car. I didn't know I'd fucking pull it, just fucking ride back out. So I just avoided them long, just for a few, few times that they called or stopped by. And then that was it. They stopped. They're not going to, there's only so much they can do. You got to work with them to get this fellowship. Do you know what I mean? They didn't even yeah. talk to my dad. They just disfellowshipped him. Sounds like the same thing happened to Joe. So there's a lot of corruption in that religion. There's a lot of corruption in all religion. Um, I believe in religion about as much as I believe in the government. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I trust, I, I trust us and that's it, bud. <laughs> Yo, what, what are some of your key terms that you had in lyrics or song titles that were, were from like, were from that religion? So, so definitely right off the bat, um, like uh, last days waiting for the end as my life, you know, fades away, all that stuff. Last days was very, that was it. You know, that's, that's the term for Armageddon is coming. It's the build up to Armageddon. It's all yeah. about revelation, you know, um, peace and security was, um, you know, had to be the title for the next one. Cause I was, I was, that was just the direction the band was going, you know, it, it went in a lot of directions, but you know what I mean? That was the overall theme or, you know, stuff. So, um, so that was based on, they, there's a scripture where they say, when the, when the nations cry that there's peace and security and everything's okay, that's when the real... That's like a that's, sign, right? Of the that's real the sign, end of yeah. That's, so, so I kind of did it in reverse, you know, peace and security is the cry for the last days, you know? Yeah. Um, if I had thought it out, 
if I had planned it out, which I didn't because the demo was just what it was. Um, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, last days I wrote last days at the same time. And I was like, and I was loving that feel, you know, yeah. um, I was loving that lyrics cause I fucking lived it. You know what I mean? I wasn't able to sing, you know, like, I mean, and, and why well, everything I was singing about, I live, but it was like, there was like this feeling, the feeling from that just felt so good. And that's where that, the kind of early, like the rawness of like, the way I would say stuff and deliver stuff was there because I still had such a strong fucking distaste for that religion. You know what I mean? And it yeah. comes back when I talk about it. But at the time, I felt like, what the fuck, man? I lost my fucking childhood. You know what I mean? I'm going to fucking door to door like a little robot in a little suit, like literally as a kid, dreading to see people from school opening the door. Oh, like, no. I know, you know, I know who the dude, I've had anxiety my whole fucking life because of that religion from day one. Like I told you about going into school, you know, like I've suffered from anxiety forever. And it's because of that. Now I know how to deal with it. I deal with it. You know what I mean? But yeah, imagine but like you knock on a door and it's like a, a classmate's house and you fucking, yeah. you, and guess they what, gotta but, see you like that. And you're all, oh, Jesus. That was when I was, that started when I was like six, seven. And guess what? I had to go to door to door till I was 18. till I got out of that stupid religion. Wow. So I'm like, I'm in my teens. Now I'm in high school and I'm like, I got to see these dudes from school. You know, like, fortunately, my school was made up of four towns and where my church was, was only one town. So, so the yeah. odds were like a little less, you know what I mean? Um, but when I was a kid, I went to the same school that I went to the same church. It was one town. So every door I was like, who am I going to see? You know, um, and that's, that's what it is. But that's where, that's where my, my death threat was to, to, to the world, to religion. You know what I mean? It was never to another person. Um, I, I never wrote a song about wanting to kill anybody. That's not what it's about. You know what I mean? Um, life is a fucking death threat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the truth. And I, and the religion I leave, lived, uh, you know, was raised in everything was a threat, everything, you know? And so that's, you know, that, that it would, it, that's what inspired me a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. And that, that, that initial demo. Wow. Tremendous. Like, one of the best demos of the nineties. And I oh, love, I love like the dueling, the almost split personality style vocals you would have, you know, like, yeah, that's, you I, know, it, I love that. And I think that's like, and, and you're right, dude. It's like the way I would go back and forth. And I think I played in, you know, I kind of heard that on that and then went further with it as we kept writing. Yeah. Um, but I like that because I didn't, you know, I, I always wanted to be able to hear for the most part, what people were saying. I never got into the screaming stuff of other people. You know what I mean? I like yeah. the things that Marauder, you could hear what they were saying. They're barking out burn. You could make out what he said. You know, there was so many bands where I, and, and, and I felt what they were saying. So my goal was like, I want to, I want to deliver it. I want it to sound hard to a certain degree. My goal wasn't to be the hardest band, but I, you know, because I was angry, it's like, I wanted to come off like, so that's why it kind of changed. It came off it as goes, like more tough than hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So, but I'm glad, you know, I, I do remember some people um, early on. I wasn't, I wasn't online when we started the band. It, it wasn't as popular. There was some people like making fun of the way I sang and that I sounded like I was English and, and stuff. And I thought it was funny. You know, I didn't oh, really care. We love yeah, that shit like, in PA, man. We're yeah, living like, in the last days. Yeah. So <laughs> that that's becoming like my signature. You know what I mean? Like unbeknownst to me i just was, was like trying different styles and, and then i was like okay i like this like this feels good and i go i like going back and forth i don't want to be monotone you know what i mean yeah um so uh so that that kept it interesting for me and and at the end of the day i was like i love a lot of hardcore but i don't want anybody to i hated it when people just compared us to like a band like i i, I don't think we sound like one band i don't think any band sounds like one band i think every band sounds like a ton of bands you know what i mean but I don't yeah no that's right it's very unique like you know like I I wouldn't compare Death Threat to another band, but I'd compare another band to Death Threat. 
you know, and yeah, even musically, it was it was different enough, you know. It was uh, I thought Connecticut in general, all the bands were really unique sounding at at that time, like you know, yeah. It was a good scene, man. You know, and we we truly spawned from hate breed. So there was there was a whole period where we were being called baby breed by friends and you know young promoters and people that knew hate breed and knew Connecticut and knew me. You know, like oh baby breed. But even then, I was like, ah, I was like, guys, we don't even sound like hate breed. We got Boulder, we got Jamie, we got Larry, all from hate breed. And I was like, we sound like Connecticut, like that brotherhood yeah. shit. That's yeah. not just hate breed. That's just like the sound. Their brotherhood, our brotherhood, is the sound of Connecticut. Now. Where that spawned, it's probably all the youth crew bands because we had a heavy, heavy youth crew influence from the get, um, and then, and then all the and then all the bands that went, you know, like Hatebreed was doing what Earth Crisis was doing, you know what I mean, like that heaviness, but then yeah. put a new twist on it. They put a little, they, they, I mean, they're both amazing bands. They're both groundbreaking, you know what I mean. But that was the sound of things getting real heavy right there, you know. Yeah, they, they went. Remember. Yeah, they went to that tremendously heavy. Kind of. That's another incredible demo. That Hapri demo was. Oh God, dude! Wow. That's amazing. And even lyrically, you know? that was like for a young kid. That was some cool dude, shit he wrote, man. It really was, man. It's it's really amazing. So like Puritan, like stuff like that. Oh, dude. <laughs> one truth. Oh my God, dude! I miss it. I miss it. Yeah, good stuff. Do you still keep in yeah. touch with uh with Jamie? So you know, I saw him a few years ago. Um, at Warp Tour, I did a uh, Shadow Dwellers played Warp Tour, and they played another stage. We got to hang out. And it was awesome, man. It was just like old times. It was great to see him, Beatty, Frank, everybody, um, and Wayne, Matt. It was like, yeah, it was just like old times. So, um, yeah, it's great, man. Everybody's everybody stayed friends in Connecticut, and we, you know, we see each other. It's uh, and I don't see those guys often, but when I do, it's it's always you know, high fives and hugs. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, you know? uh, Connecticut never seemed like a drama filled kind of scene. You know, it had its little problems here and there, like oh else, yeah. But- yeah, like a more New like Jersey was the type for drama. That was like a drama filled scene. Jersey places like that, but yeah, yeah had we, a cool vibe. Yeah, we always tried to be cool, you know. And it's like you know, we had little things, you know, amongst friends. That that's just that's just friendship, you know. And that shit sometimes plays out in the scene. But uh, but as as far as as a scene, yeah, it's it's really good, man. It's 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 you know, and I think it's like every other scene. It's like you guys, like Pennsylvania has a sound. Connecticut's got a sound. You know what I mean? Like. It, everybody has a sound it's great dude boston has a sound we've all and we've all been a part of creating it from very early on you know um it, it's it's pretty cool man you know i think i think what we're talking about with connecticut same applies to like you know pennsylvania going back to the, the early mid 90s all the way up to you know you guys cold world all these other bands you know what i mean it's like everybody has their thing it's it's pretty amazing yeah. Yeah, nobody really sounds too much like each other, you know. No, and we all love each other. We all influence each other, and you know, there's times where you hear this and that, but it's like this. It's just the you know, hundred percent states have their sound. You know, everybody, and I don't think it was always like that. I think it was it was happening here and there, um, but I think now, like, you can really like sit down and listen to like a lot of bands and be like, oh yeah, and even if they're different bands, you feel that you feel California. You know what I mean? You oh, feel yeah. Texas. You f- you know what I mean? So it's like it's cool, man. Um, it is cool, and I, it looks like there's like a, a resurgence in interest from '90s bands, like like yeah. a lot of the younger kids are actually very interested in in the bands that aren't the ones we were interested in. They're not the sick of it alls or youth of today's. They're they're interested in in Death Threat and the history of mm-hmm. Death Threat and All Out War and Hundred D. Yeah, wondering about yep. those bands. It's it's a cool vibe right now. It's great, man. It's really it, it is. A, it feels like a, a real resurgence. It's awesome. And when you, you guys know, I, play, you play live and you play songs from your demo. And how many years ago is that demo now? Uh, so that demo came out. Um, let's see. 
winter of 98. We were writing that in uh, the, the, the winter of 97, you know, early winter. And we recorded that at Zeus's in, uh, in Hanley, Mass. Um, yeah. Wow. I want to so say 20 January. 20 plus years ago, you recorded this demo. And still. Yeah, 23 day, years ago. You got, you got 23-year-old kids singing the words on those songs. It's nuts, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and I always say, man, like, you know, for us, like, we're going to play as long as, as long as promoters that are doing festivals or shows that are relevant, think we're relevant, then we're here. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Yeah. I, I'm following the algorithm of hardcore for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like it's what it is. Like I love doing it. You know what I mean? And it, it's crazy. It's been 23 years. And, and I love that there's kids that age or younger singing those words back to me, you know, and there's so dude, there's, we have a huge, like we have a pretty big catalog of music that we never play. Like we've kept it to like a version of like two set lists from like mm. the early two thousands on. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> um, what you, you got, you got 30 to 40 minutes. So you want to play what definitely you feel like it's going to go over, you know? Yeah. So you're yep. kind of in a spot where like, yeah, hey, you know, these people that we, we think they want to hear this, they're going to hear this. But yeah. there's so many dope tracks that, you know, from a band that has been around as long as you guys that just, yeah, yeah unfortunately, you just can't get to it. Well, you know, and I think what the fun thing is, is like, you know, next year, whenever, whenever things come back, you know, we're, we were, we we're supposed to play black and blue. Uh, we're going to do the peace and security 20 year. It'll be nice. 22 or 22 years by the time we do it. But we're doing it with the original lineup. Plus West is playing. Um, and, uh, you know, for that, we'll do the record front to back. So I think. I think if we're always doing that at some point in time over the years, you know, cause then God and government will be the next uh, 20 year mark in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Next year I think is, or no. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. Oh my God, Ritz, I'm getting old. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. So I feel like if we keep doing those types of things, it'll be fun and people get to hear the whole record, you know, it's entirety. Um, so, but you know, who knows? Are we playing shows live again? I don't know. Is this year a wrap? Let's see maybe not feels right? like it yeah i mean i think if we do i think it's gonna be late in the year you know um i don't see everything being ready to go by so I, I who knows what do i know yeah i, I don't even you know, try to estimate I'm, at this point I, I don't either you know every prediction is a it. failed prediction yeah but I'm you know what with it you lost that cep the your version of the hard way is one mm -hmm. of my favorite covers like, well, that's awesome man i appreciate like that, that i that, love that song yeah the way you guys did it like you know this might be uh biblically against the the, the religion of hardcore but the way you guys did it, i prefer that over the original oh like, okay that's a we didn't tweak it too much right it was like no just, it's straight on just, tempo wise it's almost, probably almost exactly but it's just yeah. the tone of the drums and the yeah. vocals that got me it's just a little yeah, yeah. that's cool man i love that that like dude the compilation what was that was that where the wild things are um yeah, oh, where the wild the, things the original? are. Yeah. The original, yeah. That when I heard that song, I just Great remember song. being like, that and like "Sick People" by Breakdown was really like. That's when I realized I was like, all right, I'm definitely fucked up. I didn't realize it was totally from religion at that point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I was connecting to this like feeling of, of being like, I'm a little off. I don't, you know, I'm not happy all the time. Like depression, whatever it was. You know what I mean? And and that made it okay. And that's what I loved about hardcore. It was making everything okay. You know what I mean? It was like, oh man, I'm not alone. You know what I mean? Like. I can be a fucking spaz. I can be weird. I can be whatever. I can fucking stage dive. I can run around, dance the way I want to dance. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, it's what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a cool release. And lyrically, yeah. yeah lyrically, like uh, to see, see that from bands before you and then you relate you're like, okay, I'm in the right place. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
you go and, and throughout the years, you know, death threats still going and it's, it's over 20 years now, but in between that time, the beginning until now, there's a lot of other acts that you know, a lot of other bands you, you, you've done, but this, yeah. this newest version, I think it's the newest pillars of ivory. That shit is dope. You like it, man? Yeah. And it's like, it oh, awesome. what I don't like about it is like, I can't, I can't get a version where I could go to whatever I want. But at the same oh, time, that's going to change, though. Yeah, we'll change that eventually. Yeah, I but at the same time, that's cool because I sit and it's like really dope car music blasting that in yeah. the car. Yo, what a vibe. It's just like it's like a cool vibe. It's like a little mini trip. You know what I mean? Well, and that, that's, you know, and it, that was kind of like what it became. And, and you know, when we started, I th you know, I think Jay had a vision for that. Um, but it, it kind of happened as we were doing it. And we're, you know, for me now, it's hard for me to only when we're writing, do I listen to the track separately because mm -hmm. it all becomes one to me now. And it's like 11 minutes. Like the, the Genesis demo is, I think 13 minutes. The, the Exodus demo is 13 minutes. So really close in time, which was weird too. And we didn't plan it, but it has this feel where it's like this 12, 13 minutes of one track. And, and I've had a lot of people reach out and be like, Oh, I wish I could, you know, like be able to rewind and stuff. And I think, you know, in the future, if, if we re-release stuff, we'll make that. But we want, we kind of want it to be like, listen, we want you to listen to it like this. Yeah. This is how we hear it. It's almost and like a mixtape, like a that's, hardcore mixtape. That's mix exactly tape. it. Check man. it out, beginning to end, and, and enjoy. But it's got, it's, it's got more of a vibe, you know. So if you are jumping yeah. around, people will definitely have favorite parts within that 13 minutes. Mm -hmm. But... You're kind of you're kind of ripping yourself off if you skip anything at the same time, you know. Yeah, so I hope that you know people, and there's people that just don't do hip hop. They just it's just not you know they just they never yeah, connected with true. it. They never listen to it. They just it hurts their ears, whatever it is. And and you know for those people it it, it sucks. Um, but again, we this is a very hip hop influenced um, band um, in the sense of the mixtape style that we're doing, we have beats on it, you know, and we're, and, you know, I think we definitely were influenced by cold world a little bit, like the way Woj would cut stuff, you know, and kind of cut into the songs, mm. um, which we're, we're doing a little more now, but it, originally it was just like the in between, it was like the, you know, just connect the songs. Um, but you know, Jay and I like really, you know, hip hop influenced us as much as is hardcore aesthetically, you know, into our ears. Not really, I wasn't living it going to I saw a great a lot of great hip hop shows over the years, but I didn't do it like hardcore. I wasn't a part of the scene. But for do but we're dudes who love it. You know what I mean? So it was important to us. The name is based off a, of, you know, a song. It's lyrics from uh Jizza. Um and uh so it started with that whole theme and we kind of just we're, we're sticking to it and having fun with it. I was with them yesterday, about six hours, made two new beats. Um, we're working on some stuff for our friend, John Luciano, who passed a few weeks ago. Um, oh, sorry to hear. Yeah. Thank you, man. He had a, he had a, a long run um, with some health stuff and um, you know, I'm just glad he's at peace right now. He grew up, you know, I, I grew up with him in Connecticut going to shows. He was a Waterbury kid. Um, and uh you know, had a lot of great times and, um, he would have loved pillars of ivory. He was all about into another burn quicksand post hard. Mm -hmm. You like, so this was, you know, that's a heavy influence for us is like nineties, um, kind of, you know, post hardcore stuff. So, and he never had a chance to, to hear it or, you know, or be able to see it. So we're writing a song for him. We made a beat for him. Um, and we worked on that yesterday, but you know, Jay and I committed, we're like, whether we're using stuff or not, let's just keep making music. Let's keep producing beats let's keep like just doing stuff because um it's been it's been our saving grace during quarantine um i can't stop the be, between being sober and like getting my my life on track and getting healthy 
and then quarantine uh, it's like i've just been going going working on a ton of projects and it's good that you have fall. that right especially at this I time yeah it's good man i needed that and you know i think it could it could go a lot of ways for people um during quarantine and has you know um and and just with the change in the world and, and you know not being able to be out there not being able to put yourself out there for a lot of people is tough not being on stage stuff like that it doesn't bother me um i'm pretty good at being just as good at being home as i am being out in public but a lot of people don't deal with it well and they don't deal with not being around people all the time so i'm blessed that uh i was i was at a good point in my life where i could like do this and not go the other direction you know um because I think a lot of people went dark during this, you know, or maybe Definitely. found found old habits again, or you know, we we lost people too, you know, in the scene, we lost yeah. people, and, and it probably had a lot to do with the state of the world. And, and I lost a, another friend, you know, a month a month before from New York that I worked with. Uh, it's just like it, it's yeah, it's it's been rough, but um, it, just happy to happy to be making music, tons of it, um, and and doing a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh that's very important during these times even even i've I've been diving in i'm trying to write songs trying to do a lot more podcasts because i'm still but outside of work what do i got where's my social uh time it's It's tough they took that away so yeah we got to figure out other means yeah pillars vibe is very cool and uh is the next thing going to be like the similar format is it going to be around 13 minutes or something like that or is it going to is it going to be more traditional so i think i think what we're going to do is um we got a couple of things going. Um, I can't talk labels or bands or anything, but we're doing a split um, this year, um, a split 12 inch. And that, that, that consists of, uh, I think three hardcore songs and four beats. That's kind of how it goes. It goes beat, hardcore beat, hardcore beat. Um, so that's like half a, you know, half a record. And then we're also going to release, um, we're talking about doing the demos as a, as a release together with a bonus track. Um, and uh we're, we're doing it uh, i just can't say anything else <laughs> nice. but so so that'll be released and that'll be on vinyl and I, I would imagine at that point you'll be able to play songs and maybe that digital version will be a little different i'm not sure um and then uh and then you know like i said about jay and i yesterday we, we committed to just like we're gonna release release as many singles as we want like if we're just making music and we can just do it we have we have all the, the access to it we have multiple places where we write and record and even though we're all in different places, we make it work. And um, I forgot where I was going, Richie. Help me out here. You're going to release um, singles even if Oh, you- yeah. So we're going to release the singles. And then we're talking about doing a full length um, after after we release some other stuff. We're thinking about starting to write it this year. And I think it would be the same format. It would be hip-hop and hardcore all the nice. way through. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, because it's really become like a part of, you know, like of, of what the band is. Wow. Well, if you ever yeah. need, a, if you ever need a pro lyricist on there, let Italian Ice know, please. You know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> Italian oh, Ice. Oh my God. The other dudes, the hip hop dudes, began jealous and shit. We don't want to cause no corruption. Italian so Ice. Italian Ice. You know wow. why I go with Italian Ice? Because you got Ice Cube. That's no flavor. It's just Ice Cube. You got Ice Tea. That's one flavor. Vanilla Ice. One flavor. Italian Ice. You got mad flavor. Watermelon, Yo. cherry, root beer, lemon, lime. Mad flavors. Mad flavors. <laughs> I love it. So good. That's amazing. We're all over the place. Now, listen, I'm saying about some dark times with uh, substances. Could you talk yeah, about yeah. that? Like, what, a, yeah, of what course, did I miss? Yeah. I really didn't kind of personally know this stuff. So, well, well kind of be news to me, too. Okay. So, I mean, here's, here's the story with me. Um, and, I, you know, I, I've, always, I've always tried to be an extremely honest person. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I think sobriety has helped me even be even more honest. And so I'm not afraid to talk about stuff, you know, and I'm not going to deep dive yeah. this either. Um, and, uh, but you know, the, the, the quote unquote, sort of the long hair is, you know, I'd say by my mid twenties, um, because of all the stuff that we were talking about before religion and all the craziness, and that's only part of, you know, the, the, my childhood, um, I found myself self-medicating, you know, um, mm. and I was, I was smoking weed and I was drinking. Um, but then I was like not having motivation, you know, and I wasn't getting stuff done and I always wanted to create, I was, I was always writing. I was always drawing. I was always, you know, doing graffiti, like everything, but I couldn't find it. So I got into, you know, I started doing speed, you know, just like pharmaceutical speed, just doing a little riddle in here and there and stuff like that. Uh, now then, you know, and I liked partying. So it was like, it became hand in hand. So it was a slow roll of amphetamines from my mid twenties to my mid forties. Um, now I've got hooked on Adderall pills and, and, and on Coke before, um, which you can walk away from, but they fuck your system up bad. It fucks up your nervous system. It adds to your depression. Um, it's a roller coaster, you know? So I did this on and off for about 20 years, uh, to maintain, to be on tour, to write a record, to open a shop, to like do this, to do this event. You know, I had all these things that I did in my life that were fun and some were big and, but I always needed that extra fuel. Cause I was always working two jobs. I was always hustling. I was always working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that was the thing about me. So from afar, I was just a dude who was having a good time. You know what I mean? And that was it for a long time. I always worked to get high. I wasn't a dude who was ripping off my friends. I don't have a bad reputation for that. You know what I mean? My family, my, people were concerned for me for drugs, not because I was being a piece of shit. I'm proud to say that, you know? Um, and then that's what happens a lot of times with drugs. It goes the other way. So yeah, so I was, you know, I was abusing um, pills and Coke and, and then booze and cigarettes just go hand in hand with that and unhealthy eating everything, you know? So very unhealthy lifestyle going on tour, coming back, you know, jumping from this job to that job. It's a very up and down life for a long time. So mm -hmm. Basically what it came down to, Richie, is like when I, when I went out, so my father passed uh, the spring of 2000, summer 2015, I got the opportunity of a lifetime, like two months later to go out to California and start this insane robot pizza startup. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't, when I left Connecticut and I left my family and I left, you know, everything behind, I hadn't even started to mourn, you know, I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't begun. Um, I hadn't done anything. I was so unhealthy. And I jumped into the most stressful uh, job of my life. I mean, we're talking like people with millions of dollars banking on this and that and pitching to, I, it was just anybody who knows the startup life of like the Silicon Valley knows how crazy the pressure is. And I was the executive chef of a multi, multi-million dollar startup. You know what I mean? So yeah, you gave us um, a tour of that place and that was a big operation. So you saw it, you saw what yes. I was dealing with. And um, so, you know, so I did good, man. And like, I ran that place for a couple of years, you know, and, and I was functional, but, um, but I had high blood pressure for years. So, and I was doing blow on the weekends. I was drinking whiskey, smoking cigarettes, and then going back to trying to be healthy during the week, but all that strain on my heart. So it was like, I was just killing myself with it slowly. You know what I mean? So at the end, when I, when I left zoom, because I left zoom, cause I was like, all right, first of all, like, I just can't do this shit anymore. Things went south with the company. There was a lot of like stuff going on inside that, that um, ended up being having me pushed out basically. Oh, and uh, so, yeah, so th things got a little grimy and, uh, and that's how I left California still addicted to Coke only on the weekends. 
So then I left California with a shit ton of money and nothing to do. And I came home and, uh, and then I went to town and then I was just holding up in, in hotels for days, you know, um, doing blow by myself. Um, you know, just fucking losing my mind. Um, trying, trying to find my way, you know, didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do. It was like, fuck food. Like, you know, my life was, you know, I thought I was, thought I was going to be, you know, like good for the rest of my life, run this place, make, you know, we're going to do a couple more and, you know, franchise them. And it was all this stuff. And, um, and, but none of that shit mattered, you know what I mean? Cause I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, as usual, I was making sure everybody else was okay, you know, and, and running a, and, and making sure at work was okay and family. So it's like, I just wasn't taking care of myself at all. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that summer 2018 came back with this, I did some shows here and there, but in between I was, I was losing my mind and I was, uh, drugging pretty heavily and, um, and my heart, my body was fucked dude. my legs were swelling. My lungs were filling with water. Um, I was dying, you know, and, um, and I didn't know it, but I knew something was wrong inside. So I stopped Coke. I had a, I almost, you know, I hope you're okay with me. I guess you told me to talk about it, whatever, but I almost died in a hotel room by myself and, uh, I saw the light yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and that was it. And I said, okay, I, I got to get off Coke. So, um, so I weaned myself off with, with Adderall for about two weeks and, uh, car, I was used to my mom's car. Cause my car, I fucking beat the shit out of my car. And then her guy used her car cause I was having trouble with mine. And I seized the engine on it, going to drug and go stay somewhere and like lose my mind a little more. I didn't know what I was doing, dude. I didn't, you know, I just was so fucking lost. Um, it was really scary. And, uh, but at the same time, I didn't really care, <laughs> which is the fucked up thing about it is my whole life. I didn't care about myself enough to, to get off drugs or eat healthy or do anything, you know? So I hit rock, rock, rock bottom. Um, and that was it. And, uh, I got myself off the drugs myself. And I said, um, something's wrong with my body. I can't, I, you know, I was having shortness of breath and, and we were, we were booked to play back to school jam. Uh, it was Saturday, September 7th. I'll never forget. <laughs> that was like the day I just, after that, two days later, I went to the doctor and they said, I'm glad you came today. Cause you wouldn't have made it much longer. Like literally like, wow. Like, like I was dying, dude. I was the night before I went to the doctor, I sat in my mom's living room on a chair holding my chest because my shortness of breath was so bad. I would breathe in like six or seven times and I didn't know if I could like exhale, you know? And, um, and that was it. And, uh, you know, my mom knew the deal. My family knew the deal. I went to, I didn't have insurance or anything. Um, I went to like a a local, like kind of volunteer medical center. Um, and, uh, they took me in. And they're like, you've, you've done like an extreme damage to your heart. Um, they, they di- diagnosed it as congestive heart failure at the time, which was not correct. Um, I just damaged my heart so bad. It was like running that car and running that engine on that car without an oil change, you know, like the same, like just running on nothing and, uh, the high blood pressure and then the extreme stress, the extreme anxiety, dep- all that stuff. And then the drugs cranking back cigarettes, you know, like just living like a lunatic. Right. I had no idea, man. Most people don't, you know, and, 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 you know, people extremely close to me know, and, uh, it's not a fun story. Um, but it's, you know, I, I, I hope, you know, Hey, if one person listening, <laughs> if it helps them find their way, I hope it does. Cause, uh, you know, I wasn't screaming for help. Um, I, I, I was just lost, you know? Um, so that was it, man. And, and honestly, dude, the last two, it's been like two years and like four months or something. First year was rough. Um, 
not not being on anything you know i used weed to 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 help my to help calm my nerves and stuff but uh, my body was in shock we're talking 20 years of on and off you know um amphetamines in my body uh it was tough you know so i had some real lows with depression but you know i reconnected with my mom um because of the religion stuff um i always had a, a you know we had a relationship um but i wasn't i was no longer very close with my mom in life so because uh the way things happened with the health and when we back here, we reconnected, which was good and needed. That and, um, you know, and, uh, because it was never her fault with the religion stuff. She, she thought she was doing the right thing. She was just extreme about it. You know, and it's an extreme religion and she was up and down in life. And my father had his problems. I see it different, you know, as an adult, but when I was younger, I, I was resentful, you know, and I felt like, you know, I had been robbed of, uh, of stuff and, and didn't have a normal childhood. Um, so it was good. We reconnected and, um, I, I you know, my life is, it's good. And, and my heart's better. Um, I have to stay on track. I, I can't ever, you know, do any of that shit again, which is fine because I've actually hit a point where I care about being here and, um, and want to be here. Not that I was looking to go before, but that's the reckless lifestyle of drugs and, and, you know, how about the caring. weed? The weed's good, man. The weed has saved me as always. And, uh, I'm okay with it now. You know, um, it, it's, it's really good. Um, and you know, I, I can have, a, I can drink if I want to, I don't often, you know, but it's, you know, every now and then I'll have a beer or whatever, but, um, I found a, a really good, I've hit a really good point in my life and that, you know, now I just have to be careful for the heart. So I'm exercising, um, trying to shred some pounds. I just turned over to vegan and gluten-free for a while to try to do that. And, and try which is gonna be tough as a as a, a lover of pizza and bacon um and pepperoni and everything in between but <laughs> i you know i'm i'm committed to like getting healthy and getting in shape and then i think if i can get that and stay that then i'll be able to enjoy some things in life again but right now before i have any other medical problems getting yeah. older and with weight you know i don't want to be diabetic I, there's a lot of things that could go wrong by me not my last thing is I need to be, I just need to be healthy, you know? And Hey, if the time comes where the weed isn't healthy for me, then I kick that goodbye too. Um, so I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about like, I'm, I'm loving having a clear head, man. You know, I'm, I'm no, really, that's good. It, it feels really good and I, and I'm feeling healthy. And, and for uh, two years you know, now, this has been going on. The, the, the Yeah. So it's been just a, just a notch under two and a half years. I've been, been sober and been taking beautiful. care of the heart. So, you know, I wish I, I wish I figured this stuff out younger, man, but and I, here I'm trying I, to get you to eat pizzas. What's wrong with me? I didn't know. No, I'm sorry. No, no, that's right. I, I already, I, I already it ordered, is. um, gluten. I got this great gluten-free crust I used to use at zoom. Um, so I ordered that from California and, uh, dude, I just, I just go saucy. I'll just do double sauce and I'll put some veggies on there. Um, I'll be good for a while. There I, uh, I made a, I, I'll just mix it up, you know? I'll yeah. do pesto with some sliced tomatoes and arugula, you know, like I can, I still love the flavors, you know, it doesn't have to, I mean, don't get me wrong, Richie. I want to be a Frank Pepe's with a large sausage and pepperoni. Let's go, you know, but, um, but for Later, now, another time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get healthy. And then and yeah. I will be able to eat that because if I get in the schedule of exercising and I stand and, and I'm some good health stuff, then, then I'll just work it off. I'll have my pizza day and I'll just work it off. But I got to get to that point too, where right now I'm walking every day. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. Damn, man. Well, geez, yeah. that's a, it's good news how it worked out, but I didn't know sorry. my man was like that. Yeah. I'm sorry for the heavy story. You know, if you would have dropped dead a... back then, I would have said, what the hell happened to Eric? What's going on here? Well, I think a lot of people oh. were like, damn, I didn't know, you know, cause I, I was, I'm a pretty discreet guy and I never wanted my problem to be anybody else's problem. And, you know, um, 
you know, it's different. Like when people do heroin and stuff, they're fucking nodding out. Like they can't be social, but yeah, yeah. Uppers in cocaine, if you're not wilding out of control, like it was at the end is very social. Now you can go to a yeah. dark place where you don't want to be anyone and you're stuck in your own head and with your own demons. And that's where I was towards the end. Yeah. When but I'm hanging needed, out with dudes on Coke and Adderall to me, they're normal. Cause they're finally just keeping up with me. That's what I mean. They just kind of like, it kind of level you out. So nobody was like, Oh, Aaron's like, unless they knew me and I was maybe acting a little different than they knew. Nobody would be like, Oh, Aaron's on blow. You know what I mean? I just mm, yeah. kind of leveled me out and I'd be drinking. I was never even a crazy drunk, you know, like, you know, I mean, yeah. have friends are like, you know, when they're partying, they're fucking oh, yeah. animals. And I, I you know, I would, yeah. So I did it more just to be able to like be on stage and like, you know, like hanging around a lot of people and like be sociable all the time. And it worked, you know what I mean? But it, for a person, you know, for a guy who struggled with depression his whole life, then, it, you know, it can work too much. And that feeling, that good feeling that you get from it can be euphoric. And that's what's really what you're missing is some kind of happiness, you know? Um, yeah. And that's what a lot of it is, man. I just, I, you know, I made a lot of packs, packs to myself um, since I've gotten healthy. Um, I hope I'm given, you know, a lot of time to, to, to do things better, you know, we'll see. And, uh, but, uh, you know, everything I'm, I'm i'm just looking at things in a lot of different light and i just i'm thankful that I, I figured it out now i wish i'd figured it out when i was younger you know but um you going but to I don't the doc like, on a regular basis now and getting up oh yeah all all the time man blood work fucking sonograms and yeah, all that I'm stuff's good. looking I'm, good it's looking great yeah the heart Beautiful. is back to normal size um everything's pumping good they're hoping to have me off my heart heart uh my blood pressure meds in the next year and uh, if i can get the weight down a couple pounds um and, and stay healthy. I'm, I'm good, you know? Um, and you know, even, even right now with my weight being up, um, my, it's not like my heart's at major risk, but moving forward to like, you got it, you got to get it down and keep it down. Cause if not this, it, you know, it's tough as you get older to lose weight, you know? Yeah. So, especially when you're a pizza guy who loves weed <laughs> <laughs> and watching movies, Oh my so, god! what are you going to do? But, um, but no, I've been making some really healthy pizza at home and, and you know, it's kind of cool for me because I had to re I had to retire from cooking because my, my heart can't handle the stress of kitchens. Not, you know, it would have to be the right situation for me to be, I'd have to consult, you know, or maybe be like, uh, you know, like a chef who kind of just sets things up or stuff, but I don't even, I just, I don't want the chaos of that world anymore. You know, um, it is so, nuts, right? so that was, you know, that was tough for me, but, um, you know, as long as I can eat it again, I'll be good. And, and, and like I said, I figured out a way to eat it vegan for now. And, you know, I have to say some of these like vegan cheeses aren't so bad. I, I found this smoked provolone because, you know, very Italian. Like I need those specific flavors, you know, yeah. all this like, you know, mozzarella is a hard thing to make a vegan because mozzarella it is not a hard, it's not a, like a strong flavor. It's the way it melts. It's the way it like marries with things. So it's hard to replicate, but I got this smoked provolone by Via Life. And I put that on pizza with like some mushrooms, uh, some like olives, pepperoncini, and uh, that gives Beautiful. me all those like that gives me all those like kind of flavors, that saltiness from pepperoni, that like really like Italian flavor. So I've been doing that with that little provolone, the pepperoncini, olive, and mushroom. That's kind of like my new pepperoni jam. You so. know, one good thing vegans do have is they have good like uh, alternative sausages. Oh, you're right, they're, dude. They're not they're not too bad in that department, but for cheese, that's one of their downfalls. They're kind of weak. It's on tough. That. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. But it's I'm a tough. kind of guy like I I like just a pizza with sauce sometimes. So you know, throw a pizza Man. with sauce on there, and maybe maybe the vegan sausage and spice that's it up, it. make it a little little fra diavolo or whatever. Uh, yeah. There we go, man. But I, I will say this: by the next time we hang out, um, we will definitely be able to uh, to cook some pizza. I won't like, allow it. Point. 
I well, we'll see how I am. Well, I'll come with a doctor's note. Like oh, okay, Richie. yeah, yeah. My uncle Richie wants to know if I'm going to be okay. Is he allowed <laughs> to have a Coca Cola with this? Ah, uh, see, that's right. You know, I got to be careful with the sugar. So know, give me yeah, a seltzer. Yeah. Um, but no, I'll tell you what, man. Because soda, I drink a lot of soda. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's. Uh, it, I mean, dude, it's honestly, it's like I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. <laughs> well. <laughs> you know, man, I got to give it to you, dude. You know, I you know, I think about it sometimes. We're t- we're talking about this whole thing, and it's like, I, I really wish that I had. Uh, you know, I'm not a man of regret. I don't, and I'm not like oh, I regret this or regret that. But you know, it's like what I was saying before. I kind of wish I had figured things out a little bit earlier, man. And, and I ha- I've always had a lot of respect for my friends that stayed clear minded and clear headed, and it worked for them. And they never, you know, I guess they really never needed anything to you know alter their mind or make them feel better. And it's good, man. So like. I have a lot of respect for, for, for a lot of you guys, man, for doing it and staying true to it and, um, and dealing with all of us all along. Um, <laughs> it's fun. But, though. You know, it's fun being a sober guy with look out for us too. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's good, man. And, and think about how many, how many lives were saved with our friends who drove us around and made sure we got to the next spot. So that's you know, right out there. I, I how many so lives much. did I save? I want to start getting some, Let's, some gratification from this. Yeah. People should Let's start looking out for me. Get knocked out. let's compare the dudes that got knocked out to the lives that were saved let's go exactly (laughs) not some wild uh, times yeah you you know the deal in pa how pa dudes the ones that do party they party a little too hard you know what i'm saying yep no and then you know this here's the deal real quick is like i can't really regret it because right now i'm at the best place in my life it's a little late in life but it got me here, and it got me figuring things out, and I didn't fucking die alone in a hotel. Yeah, I wouldn't regret that either, bro. You, you, yeah, did no, like, right, you, you felt like shit for a while, but you yeah, also and, doing dope shit simultaneously. But dude, yeah, like I was torn. Uh, we were going everywhere. You know the deal. You had that. We had parallel lives. We're making music. Yeah. We're torn. We're going to Europe. We're like we're living it. You know. And so the pizza thing you zero, did on the West Coast is so dope. That was. That, so I'm cool. so glad you guys really got to like come yeah. and see it and have it, and you know it really meant you had a lot us in to there me like two hours. We saw the whole setup. Oh yeah. The whole Chill, we, we we tested almost every potential <laughs> uh, possibility of of flavor that the pizza had to offer. Oh, I was like, great. I told the crew, like, give them one of everything. Let's go, like, fucking lay them out. And we were in there with Die Hard, you know, the purest Luke, you know, Mister, you know, your pizzeria's got to be know. at least thirty five years old in the Not Bronx. easy to please, but <laughs> he, he went it. out as a believer. Now he understands. Yeah. No, it's a it's a tough one to sell to people, you know, because. It's not traditional, you know, and, 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 you know, there's the belief of like having your hands touching that food, you know, like yeah. it's, it's part of it, you know, and then that disconnection there, a lot of people were worried about and, you know, job, repl- you know, replacing humans with robots. There was so many things that I was like, right now trained. that idea would be so incredible because the, like, right now, now they're talking <laughs> like their advertisement is touchless service. That's you it, know? man. Yeah. It's so <laughs> crazy. And they, and, and sadly, Last year, they just went in a whole different direction. They sold all the trucks. They stopped trying to cook on route. They shut down the pizza facility. And what they did is they just put it all into one thing where they're like, remember the boxes we had, those weird boxes? Yeah. That's, that's, that's zoom. Now they just, they just mass produce those. They're trying to get like pizza to use them. They're trying to get all these corporations to use them. That's what that's like. That's their gig. Um, Okay. So, so, you know, I might have a little beef with those guys. They need a beaten. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'd love to throw him a beat, you know, with you. Hey, we'll go to the California, <laughs> bring the whole the whole squad. You no, know, mob head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, I, you know, I mean, I definitely didn't leave too happy. Um, 
huge blessing in disguise. Uh, I have a, you know, I have a good amount of stock in the company, so I'll get a couple bucks if they ever actually, if it turns into something. Um, and if not, you know, like I said, if, if this was what it took, <laughs> if it took all this craziness to get me right here, you know, back at it doing better than I ever, than I have in a long time, mental, mental health better than it's ever been like, and, and back physical. dealing with your mama, which is important. Yeah, it's you good, know, man. You know, have a like, nice relationship was, with your mama as much as you could do because those days could be numbered. You know, people get exactly involved. my man. And, and I felt that way after I lost my father, you know, and, and, and I knew I'd get there. But um, but it, it, everything happened for a reason. And that was that was part of my whole re rehabilitation. You know, I had to let go. I had to let other people take care of me. I didn't want to. You know what I mean? But uh, I just wanted to go, go, go. Um, and I didn't know where I wanted to go. So but uh, but yeah, here I am. Hey. Hey, beautiful. It's all working out and it's, it's pizza, it's music. It's, it's good times. It's bad times. And it's life, baby. It's life, baby. You have, <laughs> this so, is how you we have, do. You have some life, Aaron, you got some life going and it is yeah. still popping. You just yesterday recorded more shit. You know, like <laughs> I know I'm working on a book too. I'm working on a, uh, the, the first few years of uh, death threat. Like, really? cause you know, yeah, yeah. Me and, me and a friend are working on it and it's like, you know, if you go online and look for death threat, you'll find stuff to like 2000, 2001. Like you start seeing like 2001, 2002, you start seeing more, you know? Yeah. But dude, I have, I have photos from like all our, like from friends that have been taking pictures for years, like Danielle Dombrowski. Um, oh yeah. And down in Newburgh area, I have like envelopes of every dude, like every show we played at, you know, the Hanover house, the LNG, like I have. So we've, we've been gathering all these great photos of like, people hanging out, all this stuff. And we're going to just do like a small book, just last days. Um, and that's it, you know, or just be death threat last days. It'll look like awesome. a Jehovah's witness publication. You know, the cover <laughs> is going to look like, <laughs> you know, it'll be like, like a watchtower, put the watchtower logo on it. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to play on that, you know, because that was the big theme. And, 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 you know, I'll tell a little bit of the story of the band. I'll get some people to, to you know, say some words, some ex members and certain, you know, members from the time. And uh, it's yeah. going to be really cool, man. It's going to be really special. So, so that's going to be one of my, that's going to be the, you know, a, a big project this year that we already scanned all the photos for. Now it's a matter of, you know, sitting down and, and starting to figure out the layout and Very I'm working cool. with a, a, a kid that's super cool. My friend Kyle Nyland, and he does uh, this thing dead at birth scene. Um, and uh, he's a Connecticut kid and uh, like, like a little like hardcore historian. Um, and he's a really good friend of mine. He does a lot of the stuff for pillars of ivory, some of the art and stuff. He's uh, he's like, he does like the layout stuff, you know, they'll kill take, he'll take our friend. Actually the, the kid who did all the artwork for uh, pillars is from um, Wilkes-Barre area. Oh yeah. This kid is a graffiti kid, Kalu, Caleb. Um, yeah. He's I like a young the color cat. scheme and the look of all that stuff. It, a, yeah. It's cool. cool. We, wanted, we wanted to like, just be different, you know? So, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So Kyle, Kyle takes that and he does, he'll take like Caleb's artwork and, and make a, you know, do the designs and restructure them. And he does our layouts for stuff. So, uh, yeah. So him and I, he's like, dude, he's like, you know, would you be interested in doing a book? And I was like, man, I said, I never really thought about it, you know? And then when he told me the concept, like for doing like the original death, threat, You know, the first, like the demo, uh, last days, peace and security era. Um, and then just kind of leaving it at that for now, I was like, Oh, that's perfect, dude. I said, cause the rest of the story is like, a whole other thing, but I was like that we can even capture in a small book w with pictures and me telling some stories about those pictures, basically, you know what I mean? A little yeah, history. That's really so, yeah. cool. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And I, you know, 
I, I feel confident talking about it because we're already doing it. And, uh, you know, there'll be, it'll, it'll be cool, man. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff attached to it for the release. And it's, it's going to be cool. It's, it feels like the right time. You know what I mean? Like we're, I'm hitting the 25 year mark and, and, and you know, yeah. by the time we're playing shows again, um, it'll be almost 25 years. Like next year, it'll be 24 years of this band. So, and, and as I feels, said earlier, there's a, there's a new, like renewed interest in nineties hardcore from big time, a lot of these youngsters and, uh, they're appreciating it. Like, uh, this this kid hit hit us up to release the crutch demo on cassette uh a while ago i'm like who the hell wants to hear that shit and he did it and he sold the shits out and, you know <laughs> you'd be surprised dude yeah and i'm like I'm oh, all you. right like but it just it's 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 it is an era that is like uh since we were in it i guess we didn't see the the potential or the coolness about it you know we just went right through it and we looked at the stuff before us oh that's yep. cool shit that's isn't cool it crazy shit. yeah but, yeah so yeah, there's something we didn't, about we that. Didn't, we didn't know that we were we didn't know what we were doing, you know. We didn't we know, didn't what know tracks we were gonna laying. be OGs. That's right. <laughs> Seriously, man. Well, that's the beauty of it, is because it wasn't play, it was just like let's make music and like everybody has these influences and like we create these sounds, you know. And uh it's it's cool, dude. You guys deserve it. I mean, dude, when did you start crush? Like 95, 96? Yeah, well, mid nineties, right? The first crutch song was recorded in eighty nine. The first song, oh, God, dude, and then oh, we so we I'm didn't like know off. we didn't know what well we didn't know what to do with it. We had like we yeah. recorded two songs, and the one song I can't find anywhere. I just can't find it. Uh, but uh, too bad. we recorded two songs in '89 and sat around and played uh like like a rentals place here and there and watched other people do stuff. And then by the time we started playing, it was like '94, '93, '94, and then put out another demo and I think uh '93. 495 i think i don't even know wow. yeah the first yeah, see, thing was real early like high school that's wild dude yeah. that is so cool yes i i, I was imagining mid 90s but that's cool that you guys that's were when we were like, active that's when we realized yeah. oh we could go out of state and play shows before that we mm -hmm. had no idea we'd go to shows yeah but we didn't know that we could actually play them you know what i mean that's <laughs> so wild yeah so crazy like think of all the times we played with you and, and even you know that band or my other like the the tour we did with you guys uh it was wisdom and change right in in uh europe with death threat oh yeah 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 remember 2006 how, remember how many beatings jamie was throwing on that tour with oh my god he was crazy shit. on that tour he was crazy <laughs> 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 oh my remember God, that black dude. guy and it was like liverpool or something that said he's that was wild dude. he was he was taunting like you remember yeah, like yeah. We, we could hear people whistling out in the alleyways and lights were flickering it was yeah, like a, yeah. they were setting us up man they were like send him out because he had the balls to do it yeah and uh that was it dude. they were they were waiting to, like to, to run out on us that was yo jamie crazy. did one of the hardest things though the guy's like he said something like someone's gonna get shot tonight yeah and oh, James yeah. like James like by who, and and he's like oh I don't know mate I'm just saying, and Jamie ripped his shirt up and said you don't <laughs> even got a fucking gun and he punched him. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he was set it, it was off. It you were did Joe pull his shirt over his head and then lump him? Yeah, yeah. After that after happened the, too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember somebody pulling his shirt over his head and then like uppercutting him. Yeah, yeah that was fucking we were feeding wild, him. We were just feeding that dude. <laughs> But all his people in the windows were like running out of the buildings and shit. <laughs> Real that was wild. Move. We were at like a little Turkish joint, right? Was it like a yeah? We like, getting like kebabs or something. Yeah, and it's like the the Muslim cats were kind of eyeballing us. Then all the brothers oh, came yeah. outside, and then it was like, what the fuck's going on here? So crazy, dude. We're in another world. <laughs> yeah, that that tour was wild. That was a pretty wild tour, though. That, that was, was fun, man. Honestly, I, that was a uh, that was a very memorable European tour for us with you guys, man. That was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, um, so many, so many it. shows with DT from all the bands I've been in. Mushmouth, Out to Win, Crutch, oh, Wisdom Chains. Been quite everywhere. Quite a ways back, dude. Yeah, quite a ways back. It's awesome. Yeah, um, it, it is dope. I'm, I'm like, so thankful for it. Yeah, good times in this news now that I'm hearing that you just went through all that stuff and I had no idea. I feel horrible, but no, that's okay. You know, because it's 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 a type of thing. Like if it, at some point in the last like, because you know the first years, year and a half of it, I was like, I was telling people that I was around all the time. You know, so yeah. they knew. So like, if I had seen you this summer, you know, if that had worked out. I definitely would have been like, Hey guys, I want to talk to you. Like I would have told you and Joe, you know what I mean? Um, but it's just been like, you know, it's been so long since I saw people, but I know I'm very honest about it. And like, I want my friends to know that, that, that care about me and I care about them to know, like, you know, what happened in my life. And, um, it, it's good. At, I don't have to sit down and do this whole thing. Like a lot of people do and like, Hey, what did I do to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's just no fun, you know? Well, listen, um, it's all, it's all working out for the best now. And there's a lot of good yeah. stuff and we got to get you back on, especially when the other, cause usually, uh, this show has always been me, Joe and Chris, but during the oh, quarantine okay. times, yeah. During the quarantine times, I went one-on-one -on -one with a lot of people because it was hard yeah. for those guys to get over here. And we started just doing over the phone stuff or zoom stuff like this. So, yeah, but we'll get you back on, especially towards when this, uh, any, any, uh, of the new band or any of the book information's coming on, maybe you could give us some updates, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. 100%. All right, homie, I'm going I'm to let you do your thing and I appreciate it. Yeah. I know you're a private you so dude. Much. You don't really like talking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, kind of keep to yourself with the, with the little blunt and, and, and I, uh, some clouds at the sky. Yeah. And, but this guy opened up to us. I appreciate it. Well, it's good, man. And we have a, we have a good, you know, we have a good, uh, good relationship and when you hit me up a lot of times honestly i don't i don't i don't i don't usually do them um and uh so i was happy to when you hit me up i was like yeah i was like and i'm feeling great and i'm like i could feel like i could like really do this you know um and uh it's great man and it's and hey we get to, we just got to hang out for an hour and a half you know so i know it's awesome it's been a minute. that's 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 the beauty of it and um pizza soon dude you got my number let's keep in touch i'm making some pizza um I, i'm dying to know how it goes if you find yourself a little 10 12 inch uh pie to cook most deaf. After this, I'm going to send you pictures of my last my last creation. See what you think. All right, brother. You can tell that they taste good, but they're a little funky looking, you know. <laughs> Rustica, baby. Rustica. Yeah. All right, homie. <laughs> Make do them your gondolas. Thing. All right, brother. Peace. Talk soon. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you in? This is Post America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!